Hello and welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 140. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we are discussing the last three episodes of Star Trek Enterprise's third season, The Council, Countdown, and Zero Hour. Here we go. The Council, Season 3, Episode 22, Production Number 322, Original Air Date, May 12, 2004, Directed by David Livingston, Written by Manny Cotto, Music Composed by Velton Ray Bunch, Guest Cast Include Randy Oglesby as Degra, Tucker Smallwood as Zindi Primate Counselor, Rick Worthy as Jannar, Scott McDonald as Commander Dolum, Josette DiCarlo as Sphere Builder Woman, Sean McGowan as Corporal Hawkins, Mary Mara as Sphere Builder Presage, and Ruth Williamson as Sphere Builder Primary. Enterprise is en route to the Zindi Council. Under escort by Dagger's ship, Captain Archer is briefed by him on the five-member species of the Council. As they approach the planet, however, the reptilian commander, Dolmen, intervenes. After a tense standoff, Dolmen backs down. On the planet, Archer and Ensign Sato enter the council chamber and present their evidence to the gathered representatives. Dolum, angered at the move, walks out in protest. A guardian appears to him later, promising reptilian dominance if he continues their original plan. You killed seven million of my people. I want to be honest with you. I don't much like standing here. We did what we felt was necessary. I know. You've been told that at some time in the future, my world is going to destroy yours. The Council. You know, I, I considered, we, we could have discussed these probably as one, but I feel like each one has enough of its own separate storyline that, you know, I mean, they didn't call them parts one and two or something. So, you know, I think, I think we're fine discussing them um, separately. So, yes, we are going to start with the Council. Um, you know, this is probably, I don't know, well, see, now I'm already, like, trying to remember the difference here. I have to look at my notes <laughs> for the second one. Um, <laughs> yeah, they kind of all run together. It's, you know, it's part of this, what they were doing this season, where, you know, kind of the shows are kind of back to back to back. You have to keep watching, you know. It's the, well, yeah, but there hasn't been TV. that much. It's still, as we've said before, you know, it's still been mostly standalone sort of things with some you know with the Zindi arc kind of but the last, but, but the last even when they episodes. would focus on, even when they would focus on the Zindi arc it would be like oh that's the one where they went to the planet where they were building the, the or or mining for metals for the weapon or whatever you know so for the most part it's still been you know it's not until these last few episodes including the ones from yeah. our previous podcast yeah that's it seems to me, where they were that serialized um but you know this is the Degra one this is the the one where Archer uh, confronts the council. So I don't know why they called it the council. Um, it's it's good. And I, I like this episode. You know, I like, I, 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 as I was watching it, I was thinking, you know, I wish, I wish the whole season could have been like this. And maybe that's not fair. Um, maybe that's asking too much, especially in, you know, the year in which this, this was created. Uh, but that's what I was kind of thinking was, uh, you know, I, I wish the entire – can you imagine – how would that have blown people's minds if you could have done an entire season, you know, this well connected with the adjacent episodes in, you know, 2003, 2004? Um, 
I can't even imagine. Um, so I wanted to ask, were you guys surprised when the reptilian kills Degra? Because they kind of set it up pretty well with all of a sudden they're, we're open to hearing more, but I, but I was, I don't remember thinking, oh, they're, they're faking or lying or something because it, 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 it I bought it actually. And I, then I remember being surprised when the reptilian kills Degra. I, I think what I was his name right. Do, do, Dollum is that his name? Dollum. 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 They kind of do, get somewhere in there. Dollum. Dollum. Somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't say I was surprised that he killed him. I think maybe what I was more surprised about is the graphic nature of how that scene played. I mean, it's a pretty brutal murder. You know, he's talking about killing his family. Yeah. Knife. And so it's yeah, pretty it's brutal. For, yeah, it's a very dark murder. I mean, I think he stabs him a couple times, and it's um. It's a pretty brutal murder for Star Trek. When we get to the last episode today, uh, and Dalem is killed, is he like blows up and, and cuts back to Archer, and you see just like all this these blood splots on the mm-hmm. column next to him. It's like wow, <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. That's not what I expect to see out of Star Trek. Um, that's not a complaint. It's just an observation. Um, yeah. So, uh, Steve, how did you feel about? Uh, I don't recall if I was surprised. I mean, I knew what was going to happen now, um, but originally, I don't really remember. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I agree. It was, it was, it's graphic. I don't think it was like over the top or goofy or something. But, um, I mean, you know, there's something up. You know, I think, I think, given how argumentative Dolem is historically and then it's kind of like, oh we're still listening and, you, and it's kind of hard to understand why now all of a sudden he's listening but I doubt I, I saw at the time that he was going to kill him certainly not like that well you know one thing that today's episodes made me think a little bit about is just this idea that we and, and I understand why this is kind of what you have to do you don't have a lot of time even on a television show where you have more time than you have in film uh, on, on a feature, I mean, um, you have to kind of use stereotypes to save time. You have to use, um, you have to, to to boil things down a bit, and and you know. So here we have the reptilians are kind of the bad. They're they're bad guys. There's not much redeeming to them, and I and I was kind of thinking like even the insectoids, not in this episode, I think, but the next one. Um, even the insectoids kind of start to realize, hey, maybe the sphere builders were bad. Um, but Dalem and the reptilians are pretty much, well, it doesn't matter if these people are, these sphere, sphere builders are making the expanse literally uninhabitable for <laughs> species like mine. They said they're going to give us extra power or whatever, and that's all I care about. Um that seems like a hard pill to swallow. So I guess what I'm saying is there's, there's evil and then there's, there's um, a little stupid maybe, I guess, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, I liked it better when I just thought he was evil and not when I thought he was kind of stupid. And I guess it made it feel more like, um, like he was being simplified too much. And I wanted him to have a little bit more gray and a little less black. Um, uh, so I don't know. I, I was kind of thinking about it, it might have been—I can't imagine what it would have been—but it might have been a little more interesting um, had the uh, reptilians had some better motive than just power. Uh, the, the sphere builders are going to put us in charge. 
Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you are talking about killing billions and billions of people as well as killing off all the rest of the Zindi and making the assumption that the Sphere Builders are going to actually honor their word. Right. They've obviously lied to you already. Um, so I, it's a minor thing. It, I wasn't consumed by this these thoughts, but I was I was kind of thinking about it. Like, um, you know, feature films like the feature Star Trek films. Um, those bad guys are just bad, you know, because uh, again, you don't have a lot of time. But I think here you can kind of cultivate something. Well, well, I think that goes back to about what you were talking about, Brian. You kind of wish that this season was more like these last three episodes. And maybe if they'd done that a little bit more, a few less, you know, standalone episodes, you know, we could have got a little bit more background on Dolom or even the um, the builders, um, the spear builders. I kind of yeah. I kind of thought they were, I, you know, that was probably my least favorite part about this episode was kind of how they portrayed them. You know, they kind of look like um, changelings in the um <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, in the wormhole, you know, in the wormhole sphere, you know, mm-hmm. where everything's just white. So it just kind of, they just kind of seemed um, cliche to me, if you will. Yeah, not a, not not a lot to them. What do you think of them, Steve? Yeah, yeah, they kind of look like just the greatest hits of the of villainy type things in recent <laughs> Star Trek series. You know, it's almost like changelings wearing. Borg Queen costumes or something, <laughs> yeah. you know. But I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, that's not fair, I guess, to get too broad just based on what they look like. But it is kind of one one note song there, you know. I mean, they they they've, they're they're doing what they're doing. They're changing the space for themselves, and we all know it. And onward, you know. So once we know what the motive is, it kind of just becomes the same the same story, the background, the motivations, you know. Well, Adam, you're saying, I mean, you were kind of agreeing with me that it might have been cool if um, the whole season could have been more like this. When I think about, like, like how do modern shows achieve this level of serialism start to finish, they do a couple of very fundamentally different things. One, they don't do this many episodes, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and two, because of that, that means they spend less time shooting. They have way more time uh, writing. They have many more months where they can write without shooting, you know, um, so they can plan it all out. So when you're only doing like 13 episodes in a season, you've got months that you can spend mapping out the the season-long storyline, writing everything, going back and changing other stuff because of something else that you wanted to happen later or whatever. You know, and we all know what it was like here making most of these Trek shows, but especially Enterprise more than any of the other ones. They were writing them and delivering the final, you know, they were delivering the, the, the bones of the episode a week before they would shoot just so that enough pre-planning could go into constructing whatever set was needed or makeup job or whatever, you know. And then they would still be doing rewrites and they would actually be delivering these things over the course – like if they're shooting for six days, they would still be delivering new pages the last couple of days <laughs> for what hadn't been shot yet, you know. So yeah, um, under those constraints, it's kind of amazing that they even were able to yeah, shoot. Yeah, that's, that's exactly crap. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. Is you know, it's amazing that it that it's coherent to me. Um, no show, no way would do twenty six episodes a season, or what is this one? Twenty four, maybe twenty twenty. Yeah, twenty four. Right, this season's twenty four. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, so from that point of view, yeah. Um, well, 
guess let's focus a little bit more on this episode before we <laughs> move on. Um, I like – okay, well, I just say that and then, of course, I'm about to say something that's, that's true of all three of these episodes. <laughs> but I like um, I like that they take their time. I like that we have seen – like my favorite scene in this episode is probably a little short scene between Trip and Phlox, you know, when Trip's talking about – you know, I think Phlox says something like, we're making peace now. And, and then and Trip says, I've gotten used to the anger. This is, you know, mm-hmm. this is hard for me. But they're, they're just like walking through the halls. And then they get to uh, the mess hall, and they're still talking about some stuff. There's, you know, there's a couple of humorous lines in there and stuff, but you know, I think that was probably the scene I enjoyed watching the most. So I like that, even though we're in these last couple of episodes, and each one of these shows has that, we still get these these moments of calm um, and normal, which. I've always talked about is the stuff that I like the most as a trekker. Um, so was the um, was the first scene with Paul and Trip in this in this episode? I'm sorry, I got him a little bit confused too. Where they, you know, she starts snapping at him, and he decides. No, I think that's in a later. I think that's in Captain. Yeah, that's so. a later one. Okay, my bad. Incidentally, I, I I read somewhere that that in that scene you just referenced is the first time that she calls him Trip. Hmm. It didn't seem didn't seem right, but I found it in two different places that said that. So it well. must be true. Um, boy, yeah, we didn't really address this very. I guess I was wrong, and we should have just done everything as one. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's good scenes in there between Trip and um, Degra. You know, they kind of seem yeah. to kind of come to an under, maybe not an understanding, but or even a mutual respect. But I mean, just you know what you're referring to with Flocks. You know, you know we're all coming to peace, and um, that's kind of reflected in um, Degra and um, Trip. You know, Trip is been the character who's been the most um, affected and angry about um, what had happened to Earth. So, you know, we've been kind of seeing some resolution with him, you know, and his anger, you know, we saw this a couple episodes ago with, you know, he, he finally broke down about the death of his sister. Yeah. And so he's starting to, you know, deal with these issues he's been having all season. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't say I like the big battle sequence. I mean, it, with all those ships attacking, attacking the weapon. Um, it's the kind of thing. You wish was an HD, right? <laughs> um, well, I was going to say, it's the kind of thing that you, you can tell, Oh, this is like a, near the end of the season and they're throwing a lot of money at it, you know? And I, and I, I do enjoy that. Um, what is this episode about gentlemen? Oh, wait, you know what? I was just talking about that whole thing where they attack the weapon. That was a much smaller scene than the one I was thinking of. See, I'm confusing them again. <laughs> they do attack the weapon, but it's us, It's only a few ships, maybe. It's the neck, It's countdown where they have mm-hmm. uh, all the aquatics join them, and they have the big, big battle. Okay, I'm sorry. So um, the council, what's what's this episode about? Um, I guess you could say, you know, with a little bit with Degra, you know, you know actions kind of have consequences. I mean, you know, he's not... You know, we I think we can all agree that we've come to like the character Degra. You know, they, he's been built pretty well. He's a solid character, but he had a really good arc. You know, yeah, good arc. Mm-hmm. And but um, mm-hmm. you were asking earlier in the podcast if we're surprised he was killed, and I, I would have to say no, just because you know he probably committed the the biggest sin in this in this series, even though we like him, and he he kind of came to terms with that. He, I guess in a narrative's way, you know, he had to die. I guess pay for what he'd done. In a strange way. 
Yeah, these uh, these episodes that run together kind of it's hard to narrow down sometimes specifically what each one's about. And but uh, yeah, I think I think the heart of it really is the uh, you know Dagger meeting his end. Um, so I don't know, in a way, it's almost like there there will be a reckoning. You know, here we're kind of coming to the end, and you know everyone's gonna get what they have coming and it's all culminating in such a big event, but I don't, I don't really have much else. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess you could say also with the scenes with Tucker, that Degra kind of came to a, a somewhat of a piece of the, of what he'd done, you know, cause there was a little bit of that where he, you know, just kind of, he, you, you look at the character Degra and you say, you know, if, if nothing else, he was a man of conviction and, and honor, even though he did something hor- as horrific as he did, he did it because for a ju- for what he thought was a just cause. All right, let's do six degrees for the council. Um, these first couple of episodes, the council and countdown, the the people that return, uh, you know, enabling me to ask our traditional six degrees uh, questions are the same people that have been lots of other episodes and I've already asked them six days, uh, six ways from Sunday. So I'm just going to give you some generic trivia for these couple of episodes. But when we get to uh, zero hour, I'll be able to ask uh, our regular type questions. Um, also, it's an experiment because uh, I'm not sure how well six degrees type questions will work when we get to the original series in a few months. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I might need to switch to generic trivia for that. Okay, uh, Steve, are you going first or second? I'll go first. How many uh, Enterprise crew members does Reed say have died, including the red shirt that died on the sphere? Mm. During this whole Zindi mission, I mean. Right. Gosh, I remember that scene, but... Uh, 23. Very good. 23. Mm. Wow, nice work. Adam. Yeah. Adam, this episode was nominated for a visual effects Emmy, but lost to what episode of Star Trek Enterprise? Uh, What episode of Star Trek Enterprise? Um, I'll say Countdown. You are correct. (laughs) (laughs) One to one, moving on. Countdown, Season 3, Episode 23, Production Number 323, Original Air Date, May 19th, 2004, Directed by Robert Duncan McNeil, Written by Andre Bermanis and Chris Black, Music Composed by Dennis McCarthy. Guest cast includes Scott McDonald as Commander Dolom, Rick Worthy as Jannar, Tucker Smallwood as Indy Primate Counselor, Josette DiCarlo as Sphere Builder Woman, Bruce Thomas as Indy Reptilian Soldier, Andrew Borba as Indy Reptilian Lieutenant, Mary Mara as Sphere Builder Presage, Ruth Williamson as Sphere Builder Primary, Stephen Culp as Major Hayes, and Paul Dean as Reptilian Technician. Needing a third species codes in order to arm the weapon, abducted Ensign Sato is injected with neural parasites to make her cooperate with the reptilians. With time running out, the Zindi superweapon about to be armed, Captain Archer tries to persuade the aquatics to help destroy it. Sato's kidnapping and Archer's promises to shut down the 70-plus known spears finally convinces the aquatics into believing that the spear builders and not the humans may indeed represent their true enemy. In case you haven't noticed, the spears are turning it into a trans-dimensional wasteland. None of you will be able to survive. 
You say the Guardians have helped you. Have they ever tried to disable the spheres? Because we found a way. Countdown. Not to be confused with the J.J. Abrams movie comic book prequel. Hmm. I want to talk about Hoshi. Screaming as they inject her and he says... Thank you for helping us destroy your world. <laughs> yeah. That is pretty damn grim. I mean, that's like dark, dark, dark. I don't know that they realize it. I don't know that they realize that level of darkness that they're portending, but um, that was pretty grim. So, this is the episode where Caesar, you already talked about um, T'Pol lashing out at uh, Trip, but then. You know, they kind of kiss and make up. Uh, Reed and Hayes kind of lash out at one another, but then they kiss and make up. Um, and then, of course, Reed is at Hayes' side when he dies in sick bay. They even had a, like a close-up of his hand. I, I, th- I think right. I was like waiting for Reed to grab his hand, but it did not happen. Hmm. No, I'm pretty sure I saw that shot, but there was no. They did not do anything like that um let's see this also has the scene i already mentioned with the big huge battle when the aquatics show up Mm -hmm. still such a cool idea right you know this aquatic species that still developed you know space travel and stuff i mean that's pretty cool Uh, it's kind of neat when they're the uh it's yeah neat when they all die Uh, no it's, (laughs) it's neat when the sphere builders like make the anomaly bigger or whatever and um one of the aquatic ships breaks open and you see the, the water come out. I actually, though, I was wondering, like, scientifically, what what would happen there? Would we even have seen it or wouldn't it have, like, I don't know. I'm not Would it vaporize or would it freeze? Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I thought might have happened, but I don't know. Maybe a, maybe a listener out there can um, school us on what exactly happens to water when it hits empty empty vacuum of space. It turn into ice crystals, probably. Just scatter about slowly. Yeah, okay. Uh, but I don't know. anyway, um, so this episode is pretty darn good. This might be the, it's certainly the most action packed um, of the three. I think that when we get to it, zero hour, it might be the weakest of the three today, but it's still fine. Um, it's still got plenty of pluses. Um, in this episode, you'd probably be able to guess my favorite scene is the trip to Paul and Archer having dinner. You know, and they do this right before you know the big big battle. Uh, it's the same scene that we've seen a million times before with the three of them having dinner. Um, but it's really nice that they took the time to do that, and that's what you can do when you've got three or four episodes to wrap up this big storyline. You can take the time to do stuff like this, and I really like that. Um, it it gives everything else around that scene weight. Um, it it it's this calm before the storm. Um, you know, it's kind of like Picard um, when he does a tour of the ship before the. Yeah, I was just about to reference that. Um, best of both worlds, Picard, you know, walking on the ship and he stops and talks with Guinan. You know, that that the, these things might seem unnecessary, but this is these dynamics. You know, you have to slow things down for a little bit so that you can feel it when they speed back up. Otherwise, it's just a cacophony of meaningless explosions, like Michael Bay. You know, you've got to have, you've got to have um, 
the quieter moments so that the loud moments still feel loud. You know, so I, I really like that that simple quick scene. Um, It's a cool idea that they have these lead spheres and that Trip and Paul are going to, you know, they've discovered what, how to destroy them or whatever. Um, that's not what happened. I mean, they don't go to, to them in this episode, but they kind of set that up here. Um, to, do any of today's episodes stand out like storyline to you? Well, we talked about, you know, so the previous one had Degra and his death. That makes that clear. Um so I guess this is kind of the episode between the, <laughs> but somehow this seems like the tightest one to me. Well, yeah, this kind of feels like, you know, you know, in a story arc, this is the, um, the climax and, you know, the climax, it goes into the next episode, but then there's kind of like a, a big come down in the next episode that we're going to talk about. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of action suspense in this, um, this episode. It's well paced. Um, like you said, it's got, um, it's got good human, human moments, that that you can relate to, you know, um, we can relate to the crew, uh, who they are, and where they've come from. Um, so I'd agree with you there. So yeah, I mean, it's a good episode. Yeah, I think yeah, I think the pacing is what sets it apart, like this to the next episode, and also the balance of action and character moments and whatnot. And I did remember that this, you know, about you know Hayes dying and so forth in this one. So I mean, I think that's significant and. And that everyone starts to kind of, you know, here's our missions and here's where we're going to kind of split in our, you know. And, of course, the the big point of it, I guess, the rescue of Hoshi and all this. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things. I think they balance all these elements well. Yeah, it's nice, you know. It's not like Hayes is, um, you know, if he had only been in one or two episodes, it wouldn't have meant anything. But, right. you know, he, they save Hoshi, but there is a consequence mm-hmm. to that. Um so his his death does kind of have meaning, and they've certainly been setting up his relationship with Reed the whole season, you know. Um, I like that they didn't have something, you know, anything too over the top emotional. Um, you you see that most of the time in a death scene, and it often rings untrue because <laughs> I don't know the guy's sitting there in pain. That's not, <laughs> you know, this isn't really what's going to go through a lot of people's minds. Um, you know, Reed well, yeah, obviously that, felt something, and Reed obviously feels a certain amount of responsibility for the loss of anybody. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say, you know, by you know by the end of the the Reed Hayes relationship, you know, they've been kind of adversaries all season, and he had a little bit of that there. It's kind of like you know, if they would, you know, if Reed. Of Hayes would have lived, you know, they probably could have been great friends, but it, it seems like at this point in their relationship, they just came to a, like a, you know, I really respect you, I really respect you type of moment. Um, so, where there wasn't this, you know, kind of this power struggle between them, it, that kind of felt resolved after, um, you know, Reed felt pretty upset about um, losing um, Mako, a red shirt basically inside the sphere. Another moment I want to bring up is, um, you know, Archer is kind of forced to bring Hoshi with him because he needs her um, wisdom about the in- the inside of the weapon uh, because she's been there, even though she's not really in the physical state to help him at this moment. But, he, 
you know, he knows he'll be able to contact her soon or bring her out of it soon to get some help. So he's just going to have no choice but to bring her with him. You know, and Phlox is like, no, you can't do that. At least let me come with you. And the moment I really like was when Archer tells him, Phlox, you're needed here. You know, and he's telling him that in the middle of <laughs> all these, you know, injuries and they know they're going to go into this crazy. And, and then, you know, in the next episode, when they go to destroy that sphere, you're damn right he was needed here, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's yeah. the one that came up with whatever the thing was that made them not die <laughs> right. mm-hmm. for 15 minutes, which is important, you know, the not dying part. So he really was needed here. You know, I like that that was kind of a command decision by Archer because that was my thought when I'm watching the scene. Well, he should just go with him. Then he can make sure that she's okay. But, you know the captain knew that ship needed its doctor. I don't know. I just, I liked that moment. I liked his delivery. I liked Flox's understanding. Um, that was, that might be the, the best moment in the episode, if not my favorite scene, like I said, which would have been that dinner. Um, I really like how dark they got with the Hoshi thing. Maybe I'm a dark person, <laughs> but I, I love it when he's like, before you, before your mind is too messed up to understand, I want to thank you for helping us destroy your world. Like I said, Mike, what what takes some of the weight away from that for me is that it it doesn't it's never really that dark again. I mean, she's going to make a full recovery, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not like she was freaking out too much. They probably wouldn't have had time to do that. But even after she's when you know she's helping Archer, he only has to bring her back from the bed one time. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I'm just. I I like the 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 setup, maybe not the the actual realization there. Um, so, do you guys have a I don't know a favorite scene or anything like that in this episode? Um, I, well, I think I've heard. I like the I'm like you. I like the human scenes. I like the scene with um, like the trip and DePaul. Their little scene. I'm I really like the scene that you that you spoke about with um Archer and Flocks. It's um you know as entertaining as this episode is and as cool as all the action and the fighting scenes are, but I think um I think it's the little moments in this episode that kind of make it um stand out a little bit more to me that you can kind of enjoy. Because occasionally you'll get these hardcore action, you know, episodes that are that we'll talk about and say, you know, they were a lot of fun, but you know, didn't really have like like the things like that were in this episode. Yeah, I would have difficulty uh, saying specific scenes. I mean, everything you guys have mentioned, those you know, there's a lot of just good quality character moments interspersed in these action, amongst these action sequences, and I think it's just the the balance of those things that that make me enjoy the episode as much as I do. You know what? Like the council and countdown, and probably the the last episode or two from our. Well, no, not the last episode, from our last podcast. That was the one with the. Uh, generational ship <laughs> and maybe the one before that whatever what some of these episodes like countdown and council actually made me start thinking about was how incredibly excited i am for star trek 2017 the new show you know because um, that's what we're all expecting we've talked about it many times i know uh, but that's what we're all that's what we all want and that's what we're all expecting we're all ex- expecting this you know super modern serialized star trek show you know, we're we're hoping to get this these kind of episodes for an entire whatever thirteen fifteen episode run. Um, so it made me pretty excited about that. Um, yeah, uh, what's this episode about? 
Well, it's hard you to said, pinpoint. <laughs> you said the last one was about like consequences, sort of, right? Yeah, consequences. You know, coming to terms with you know, you know, the crimes or things that you've done. Um, as good as this episode is, it's kind of I mean, because it's kind of an in between episode. It's kind of so it's hard to for me. It was kind of hard to say exactly what it was about. I mean, you you can look to the the human elements of what we were talking about, the little moments, the, um, what make them a family, what make them a crew, um, kind of helps tell me what this episode is about. Steve? Mm, yeah, it's kind of a mix of things. I mean, I think sacrifice several, certainly plays a role here yeah, when you got that's what I was Hayes and, uh, and then the aquatics and, you know, you're, you're coming to terms with the fact that this is such a monumental thing, you know, we're, we're going to give up, we potentially can get, we're going to give up a lot to, to uh, make this happen, do what we want to get done. So it's, and then in a big, in the large, in the large scheme of things, a sacrifice, but also, you know, it's, you know, Hayes, it's kind of a life for a life in a way when he dies so that Hoshi can be saved too. So it's going to be personal in that respect as well. So, yeah. Let's do six degrees for the countdown. Um, Steve? Mm-hmm. Stephen Culp makes his final of how many appearances as Hayes in this episode. I'll give you three choices. Five, eight, ten. Mm, eight. And um, uh, Caesar will not get a, a take back on this one. He won't. I'm sorry, what was your guess? Uh, eight. Uh, no, it was five, actually. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I try to be really as tricky as possible with my multiple <laughs> choice choices, and, and that's what I would have guessed, too. <laughs> I would have said eight as well. Uh, Adam? Yes. This episode won an Emmy for visual effects, beating out what episode of Star Trek Enterprise? <laughs> what episode of Star Trek Enterprise? The Council? You're correct. Adam has two. Steve has one. Moving on. <laughs> Zero Hour, Season 3, Episode 24, Production Number 324. Original air date, May 26, 2004. Directed by Alan Croker. Written by Rick Berman and Brandon Braga. Music composed by Jay Chataway. Guest cast includes Scott McDonald as Commander Dolom, Rick Worthy as Jannar, Tucker Smallwood as Zindi Primate Counselor, Josette DiCarlo as Sphere Builder Woman, Bruce Thomas as Zindi Reptilian Soldier, Andrew Borba as Zindi Reptilian Lieutenant, Matt Winston as Temporal Agent Daniels, Mary Mara as Sphere Builder Presage, Ruth Williamson as Sphere Builder Primary, Jeffrey Combs as Commander Schran, Gunter Ziegler as German Doctor, J. Paul Bormer as SS Officer, and Zachary Krebs as Andorian. <laughs> Subcommander DePaul orders Enterprise to Spear 41, an attempt to destroy the entire Sphere network. They arrive to find the Sphere Builders have created a distortion field around it. Meanwhile, Captain Archer, accompanied by Lieutenant Reed and Sensato and a team of Makos, are in pursuit of the Zindi weapon aboard Degra's ship. Has it occurred to you what's going to happen if Captain Archer fails? If Earth is destroyed? Every day. Good. Then you've already come to the conclusion that without humanity... There's no one to combat these sphere builders. Their expanse will continue to grow, encompassing one system after another, including Vulcan. Your world is no longer the only one in jeopardy. This episode left me with one pressing question. What kind of weird-ass pants do reptilians wear anyway? <laughs> mm. Did you see Dolan's pants? Yeah, did yeah. you see those things? They were like MC Hammer pants. But plaid or something. 
Yeah, that's a, that, the whole fight scene between him and Archer was a little less less than to be desired. Yeah, Just, that looked that felt a little bit like, you know, it's twelve thirty at night, guys. Let's just can, let's roll just around. This. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but no, that, those those pants, man. I actually rewound it and rewatched that moment when he's like, because you realize surely these have been their pants they've had the whole season, right? He didn't like change pants just to fight him, right? <laughs> it's just that most just of the time in pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can't find my fighting pants. <laughs> Can't well, no, but like whole season, they're just like medium close-ups, pretty much, or really far away. But right. like this is the first time the shot was like from down low, right? Because Archer is down in that that thing, and then Gollum's up there, so we kind of we're looking up at him, and we really see his pants. And they're <laughs> weird. They are weird pants. Yeah, his whole uh, uniform seems like it's about four sizes too big for him to begin with. I I'm. I'm thinking that those are re. I, you know, I'm sure that this information's there, and I could look it up. But my guess is some part of the reptilian uniform is a reuse of the. Uh, remember the Nemesis, those outfits that the Remans had, right? It's that same. It's that same like multicolored reflectiony thingies, like the Back to the Future Two Future ball cap. You know that mm. that. Um pearl right and when cars get that paint color it's called pearl i think anyhow i'm pretty sure it's a reuse of that but not the pants man no way those pants were feature film pants no chance really weird um and you know they're like so baggy it made me want, like are those just like his normal human like the guy actor playing Dollum? are those just like his normal legs underneath those pants that's that's a weird thought too. Like he's got this reptilian face, and then these these big MC Hammer pants, and then underneath them is just like s- scraggly white guy hairy legs. Maybe. I don't know. The pants really got me, man. So maybe this is a um, he's part primate. We didn't. That's one of the plot yeah, twists okay. that we didn't find out about. See, Twice that so would have been uh, that would have been that missing motivation I was looking for, other than just wanting power. You know, <laughs> like the. Uh, these, this, the humans are the ones that gave me these bad legs, and I want revenge <laughs> because I have to wear these pants all the time. Um, so, as you can see, maybe this episode wasn't quite as um, uh, well put together, kind of well constructed as the previous two, right. which made me think of things like weird ass pants. Yeah. You know, um, I was far too busy in previous episodes. For all I know, maybe these pants were in the other episodes with like a close-up of just the pants, and I missed it because I was so engaged in the episode. This one, maybe not so much. That's not saying this episode's terrible. Um, it's still half good. Um, and the biggest compliment I can pay this episode is that it is a satisfying conclusion. Up until the last few minutes, which I actually do think are probably bad, but up until then... I think it's a satisfying um, conclusion to this seasonal arc, uh, which we're gonna we can talk a little bit more generally about the season in a minute when we finish up this episode. Um, but you know, so we have the we have kind of the two things going on. We've got um, T'Pol and Trip and the Enterprise and Phlox, um, you know, going to knock out all the spheres. Which is its own bit, which I thought was was actually pretty solid and exciting, you know. That other was than more interesting than, to me, that was more interesting than them destroying the weapon. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, it did have that one little minor thing that we've talked before about. It's a little, it's a little bit weird to say you have exactly 15 minutes before whatever radiation thing can 
kill you or whatever. Yeah, that yeah. part's always a little bit weird. But I thought I felt like they got around it well enough. You know, when it got near the end, Flox wasn't calling out time anymore. He was just like, "Hurry!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, that's dead. good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is that the first time he's been on the bridge for something? Rare. No, but you're right. It's it's infrequent. To be standing on the bridge calling something out like that, that's, yeah, maybe I don't remember that. Um, well, there was that recent one when he was solo on the ship. But, um, so that's one bit going on. Then I think it, I think it works. I like the ticking clock. and I, I th- It's neat that the sphere builders, you know, and they give you a reason, a plausible reason for it. But it's, it's neat that the sphere builders actually show up on the ship and they start wreaking havoc. Um, and they give you a plausible reason. Well, this this area of space now, the the very reason it's killing us, it's it's great for them. Um, so that's cool, you know. So there's that that stuff's going on. I think that works pretty well. The uh, destroy the the weapon. Um, that's mostly good. I I do think the stuff with Hoshi and Archer is solid. Having Strand kind of show up was fine. I'm usually a bigger fan of Strand moments because he's usually got more to do. Um, but that's fine. You know, I'm not, there's nothing bad about it. Um, and then there's the pants, Hmm. which I believe we talked about. (laughs) And then Archer starts running in slow-mo and that's when the episode slows down for me. But let's talk about all the rest, that bit in a little bit. Oh, we also find out how old, um, Mm -hmm. to Paul is. That's going to need. So it was true that time that she was sitting at the dinner table and said, suffice it to say, I'm the oldest person here, which we thought to mean 100, 150, but no, she was only 65, 64 at the time she would have said that, 63 maybe. So relatively young, Vulcan. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, not considering that last, the last bit after the weapon explodes. We'll hold off on that for a moment. But up until then... Um, how did you guys feel about this episode? I think I probably kind of felt the same way you did, Brian. It's probably the weakest of the three. Um, there, there is a, there's a satisfying conclusion to all this. I mean, you know, obviously they destroy the weapon, they destroy all the spears and, you know, everything we think is a okay at this point. Um, you know, I don't think any of us really believe that Captain Archer is dead, even though they say he's dead, and you know we know something's up. He's gonna, you know, they're not gonna kill off your captain. So I don't think I, I was thinking about that as like, did I really think he was dead at the time? I'm like, no, I don't. There's no way I thought Captain Archer was dead. Um, I know we haven't mentioned that, but yeah, that that whole thing. Um, yeah, Steve. Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I think it does get kind of kooky about toward the end with the fight and the slow-mo running bit. But I think even before then, I think what kind of, what I kind of find tiresome is that it all culminates in this, in this episode. And yet most of the destruction of the weapon is like a puzzle, you know, let's do the whole flipping the, the Mm -hmm. pylons around routine and reading off a pad and, uh, do some figuring and blah, blah, blah. And it's just kind of feels slow. I mean, I I don't know what else you would do really, but that just kind of is not so satisfying. And then I guess if it would have been the best hand to hand combat ever to, to wrap it up, it may, maybe be different, but, um, well, eh. you know, they were the best, best pants ever. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't understand why they just couldn't beam a photon torpedo inside there and just blow it up. It didn't seem like it seemed kind of silly to go through all this. No, mechanical. that you can do that, silly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was this, you know, if we do this, it's going to lock down and we won't be able to do anything. I'm like, well, no, you can put a bomb inside. I'm sure that'll cause some havoc. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I will say, you know, it was going to, like, destroy the planet Earth, so I can understand not wanting to leave anything up to chance. I like that they kind of get it down to just, although we've talked about that before, too, it's a little bit weird that they're, you know, wouldn't Earth, shouldn't Earth be, like, just covered in satellites and ships and stations and people going yeah. back and forth to mm. uh, New no Berlin defense. on the moon and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, we saw that with Best of Both Worlds. It was a TV show. So there was, like, the entire Earth Defense Force was, like, two little, three little ships. <laughs> done. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to complain about that. That was fine. I mean, heck, I, I, I rewatched uh, the two J.J. Star Trek movies this week. And, you know, Into Darkness, they, there's, no, there's like, nobody around Earth. And they're, you know? Mm-hmm. And they have their big fight. Um, and the Enterprise doesn't fire a shot, either. Yeah. Um, so I find it satisfying. Yes, it's clunkier than the other two, but it's still satisfying. Up until the the weapon is destroyed. Now, after the weapon is destroyed, I like that they that that happens relatively early. There's still probably almost ten minutes left in the episode. Maybe not quite that much, but there's a lot of time left. A lot of screen time left in this episode after the weapon is destroyed, ostensibly ending uh, the story arc that began with the season finale from the previous season. You know, my, um, we've not, we haven't done Voyager on, the, on our show, but I'm sure I've mentioned before how painful I found the last episode of that show. For as much as I really liked Voyager, um, the series finale was so disappointing because I'd spent seven years with all these people and then the, the last episode of the entire show is just a big action thing, and then they get to Earth with a few seconds, of, literally seconds. We're home, show us a shot of, the, of Earth, you know, end credits. And that was so painful for me because I wanted some kind of closure with all these different characters after seven years. And here I feel like we actually get it, and they've only had this storyline going for a year, and we got a pretty, you know, good. We get a, we get a, Each character kind of gets a little moment there. Um I don't know. Uh, for example, you know, Flox kind of comforting to Paul slash Porthos. Um, you know, so there, there's there is kind of a wind down section of this episode that's that is not, you know, abbreviated. It's, it's it feels long enough, and it feels very satisfying. Um, um, you know. And then we go to Earth, and they don't respond, and we get the whole thing with um, the airplanes and the Nazis and the unconscious archer and the Nazi medical tent and the alien Nazi. And I was just like, ugh. You know? <laughs> now, come on, come on. It's not good till a Nazi shows up, Brian. Come on. Def- definitely, I feel strongly that Unless you're making an actual, you know, World War, I don't know, the new Chris Nolan movie or something, you know, 
most of the time I've had it I've had enough Nazis in pop culture like this. You know, I'm 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 done. We can move on. And this was ten years ago, and I was I felt this way then. Yeah, um, Spielberg doesn't even use them anymore. Come on. <laughs> yeah, they switched to the Russians in that last yeah. indie movie, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the the original series did it, and I don't mind that. That was fifty years ago. Okay. Um, but and maybe I'm throwing a little bit of this on remembering the opener to season four. Uh, you know, where they deal with this whole storyline as being disappointing. Um, but why couldn't it just have been the end of season three? Why couldn't why couldn't it have been Earth? And, you know, and you could have still had something that happened with Archer. I know you don't want to end with, like, super happy, everybody's great, because you don't want this. This is not the end of the series. Fine. But I don't know. I just I didn't feel that this was this wild tangent of a you know an ending. Felt, very discon- it didn't, it, it didn't it very- feel right in this episode or this show or this season. Yeah, it just took um, you to me. It took me completely out of what we just had went through. It was just yeah. kind of like, all right, where are we here now? I had a question for you, Brian. Did they had did they know by the time this episode aired that season four was going to be the last one, or did they decide that months later? By the time this episode aired, well, they wouldn't have known that. But if they they would have known season four was coming, I'm pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure that the, the, the series had been renewed by then. I don't think it had been renewed by the time they were writing this. Maybe. Um, so there's been speculation that they wrote this wild, crazy cliffhangery ending to kind of force the network's hand a little bit. I'm not sure how true that is because. You know, it's the suits, man. I don't think they really care that much. <laughs> they would have just said, change the ending. Yeah. You know, it's especially 10 years ago. Nowadays, there is a there is a little bit more respect and understanding about this new way that people consume television, which really wasn't really the case when this episode aired. But nowadays, there's a little bit more. I have heard anecdotally about, you know, shows where, you know, they've asked for the the suits to tell them, you know, give us enough of a heads up to if, if our show is going to be out so that we can, you know, do something with of an ending or whatever, or I don't know, Nikita, they, they said, okay, well, we're going to give you, we're not going to give you a whole season, but we're going to let you come back for six episodes just to finish out the storyline. Otherwise people will be, you know, um, unfulfilled for years on end. So there's a little, just a little bit more attention paid to that nowadays, but make no mistake. You know, it's still about money. It's still, that's still ultimately the bottom line. And it was even way more so 10 years ago. I can't imagine they really did this ending to force the suits into a season four. I really don't think that happened. If that was the case, why wouldn't they have done that with with, with the end of season four to get up season five? <laughs> you know? Right. Um, so, yeah. So my my problems here are, are myriad. It, 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 it Aside from the fact that I'm just sick of Nazis, um, and I was 10 years ago, um, it doesn't feel like it makes any sense coming out of this episode. Maybe to an extent I'm complaining about it because I remember how disappointing this the start of season four was. But I'm trying not to think that way. I'm trying to just look at this as I've just watched an entire season, and we just filled this, finished this episode. We just finished this 
the first first ever Star Trek season long season long story arc, and I haven't even had a chance to catch my breath, and you're throwing me off in some wild, crazy direction that I didn't need. You know, so it's not the worst thing ever. It's production wise, it's actually done pretty well. Um, it's just it doesn't feel right here, and it's not what I wanted out of this. Um, and they, I think they even wore regular pants. So they weren't even <laughs> trying to be, uh, you know, controversial. It was just Nazis. Um, so, you know, how do you guys feel about this end bit? I didn't like it that much, to be honest with you. Like I said, it kind of just took me out of the whole episode of what we'd just gone through. I think I just said that a minute ago. And yeah. you're just kind of left there going, what is, what's going on here? What is this? You know, when you're, you're hoping for some kind of conclusion. I knew, you know, I think they would have just been better off leaving it as Archer's kind of dead. Maybe have a little... Mostly scene. dead. Mostly dead, you know. Everybody, you know, maybe, maybe the, the whole cast thinks they're dead and maybe they give us a little cliffhanger into the fact that he's not dead that doesn't involve Nazis in I guess a far distant past earth um, Nazi aliens yeah Steve yeah I mean it's like it's almost like someone just m- m- lost a bet or something I mean you know let's make the weirdest thing we can do and that, and then do and that's what they do you know and but it has very little to do with anything else and so that's the only. That's just kind of this bizarro factor to it. So I think it just makes the whole thing. You know, we're already kind of not so satisfied with how this wrapped in some respects, um, just because it could have been more solid and paced better and all that. And let's just get extra weird, you know. So kind of, yeah. it's kind of who cares, or I don't, you know. Can I ask what you're still watching all these with your spouse? Yeah. What did she think of this? season the the Cindy conclusion and the weird ending and the well okay maybe not the pants but hmm. yeah i mean i think the the season as a whole she really enjoyed and liked what they did and you know having the arc and all of this stuff this episode i don't think i don't think she really thought it was you know not satisfying but yeah she thought the ending was really weird and like what's going on and kind of eh, you know all right, do we have anything for what this episode is about? If you careful, okay, yeah, careful who you um, choose your tailor. <laughs> careful how to choose your tailor. <laughs> if I was going to say, if you can't find your captain, um, the Nazi aliens got him. Anything? No? Even a made-up what it's about? Um, well, it concludes the story, this whole storyline of this um, whole season that we just went through. So that's kind of what it's about. I mean, they blow up Not the really weapon, they destroy the spears, you know? It doesn't mean, really have, like, for example, the previous episodes we talked about sacrifice. This doesn't really have any sacrifice. I mean, maybe the Enterprise crew briefly thinks that that sure. Archer has been sacrificed to stop the Zindi weapon. But no, he's just down at the Nazi camp hanging out. I did. I did enjoy Baculo's running from the the flames. The you like the, the slow mo? The slow mo flame run. That's that's always a. Mm-hmm. It's always fun to watch. I feel like they must have reused that clip in like a billion promo things because I feel like I've seen it <laughs> many times. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably actually Ben Affleck in a um, Michael Bay movie. <laughs> it felt it felt so retro that I thought like I'd see him like kind of shimmer and then leap out into another episode. <laughs> <you know? laughs> 
<laughs> now that would have been okay. Now that yeah. would have been an interesting ending, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he leaps to a different show. <laughs> and it has Nazis. All right. Um, so do you have, Steve, do you have anything for what it's about? Um, no, I really can't think of it. I mean, it's no, no. All right. Uh, Adam has two, Steve has one. Let's do six degrees for zero hour. Uh, Steve had the first choice, and then I chose the second time. Adam, are you going first or second? Um, I'll go first. Jay Paul Bomer plays a Nazi officer at the end of this episode. He previously played a Trek Nazi in a holographic World War II simulation on a two-parter of Voyager called The Killing Game. This simulation was created by what species so that they could hunt Voyager's crew? <sighs> That's funny. I was thinking about this episode. I couldn't quite remember if um, they were Nazis or not. So there you've answered my question. But I don't. They were a hunter species, right? That's correct. Oh goodness, I don't remember their name. Steve, uh, Herogen. You are correct. Tied up. Let's see if Steve can take it for the day. We last saw Bomer on Enterprise as the Vulcan that likes, among other things, I love Lucy with one of T'Pol's ancestors in Pennsylvania in 1957. Name the episode. Oh, gosh. Um, uh, Carbon Creek? You're correct. Steve takes Look at it. Steve go. Skiddiff's teeth. Steve, Steve, Steve. Uh, Steve, Steve. Uh, real quick, if we can just kind of do a quick, quick summary of Enterprise Season 3. So... Uh, you know, I remember before we started, I talked about um, my memory of season three was one of a little bit of disappointment um, that maybe there were more bad episodes than good ones. Um, and in the same way, my memory of season four was that it was the best season by far of Enterprise, and we all wished it, this show had started there. Um I would say overall season three, I think what I thought before about that, I don't know that they are more bad than good, but there are definitely enough weak episodes that it makes this season feel a little harder to watch than any of the others. Like there are episodes in this season that I don't know that I'd want to watch again, maybe. Um, But the good stuff in this episode, there was more good stuff in this season than I'd remembered. And the stuff that was good was better than I'd remembered. Um, so how do you feel about Angry Archer? you feel a little differently about Archer? And that, Yeah, that was the other thing, too, is that I remembered Archer just Angry Archer. And that frustrating me more than anything else. And that was not, that was definitely there. And I definitely didn't care for it. And as we talked, I think, in our previous episode, it seems to be it, that it goes against... Bakula as an actor, you know, his the way he works. Um, but it did not bother me as much as the other two times that I've watched this season. It definitely didn't come close to bothering me, the Angry Archer, as much as it ever has before. So I think that maybe there isn't as there just isn't as much of it here um, the, as I th- had remembered somehow. And before even just a little bit made me upset and with some hind you know time apart away from it um i i think i've overall i'm saying i like this up this season a little bit more more than i than i remember 
liking it before. I liked it a little bit more than I thought I would. I still think it has a lot of problems in a way, in some ways more than any of the other seasons of Enterprise. Um, but I do think it would be fun to sit down and just watch some of the more core Zindi type episodes, you know, um, back to back. I could see how that would be. That would be pretty cool. And more than anything, I think we still have to, we just have to give this season credit for, you know, being so far ahead of its time and trying to do this serialized show. So better than I remembered, better than I was giving it credit for, but not much. You guys? Um, I don't know if I liked it any better or worse, to be honest with you. I was actually thinking about season three and kind of what it reminded me of. Um, I don't know if either of you two watched um, the show when you were growing up or if any of our viewers out there. Um, you remember the animated series Star Blazers? Anybody out there? I don't know. Anyway, I mean, the. go ahead. That name sounds familiar, but go ahead. Well, anyway, Star Blazers, you know, it's a ship on Earth, and it's got to go out, and it's got to um, basically save humanity. You know, it's got to fight all these crazy odds. It's one ship against fleets of ar- and armadas of other ships, and it goes off and saves the planet. And I don't know, this popped into my head the other night when I was watching these episodes. I'm like, yeah, this is kind of like that season of Star Blazers. Um <clears throat> I think we alluded to this um, earlier in the podcast, Brian. How we kind of wish that there was there was more of it. I mean, you know, we. Sh- I, I think I'm I'm kind of disappointed in the Guardians. You know, they were supposed to be kind of the true villains, and they were pretty, you know, one dimensional and to me kind of cliche. Um, I respect what they tried to do here, and I think we talked about like maybe the reasons why they couldn't couldn't have been better is just because a lot of this is rushed and it's written on the fly, and you know, you just got to get it out. Um, but I wouldn't say I liked it any better or worse than when I originally saw it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I probably like it a little more now than I did uh, for some reason. Uh, although I think, yeah, it's it's certainly got. It's like the bad ones are just so bad, you know. And 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 there there's definitely good stuff throughout. And I, and I, and of course, as you mentioned, they uh, this is ahead of its time, really, and um, I can appreciate that. So, yeah, I mean, I, if, if, if anything, I liked it a little better than I did the, the first time. But, um, hmm. I had a, quick, a good quick question. Do we see any, is, there, is this it for the timeline wars? Do we see Daniels ever again? I know his last scene was kind of weak where, you know, he's showing him the Federation and stuff. I know I'm kind of jumping back into the episode. But is that done? Or is he done? I forget. I was talking and I realized I was on mute. <laughs> um, uh, if I recall, we see him once or twice um, right near the beginning of the next season. It was cool that you know they show us the forming of the Federation seven years out. You know, we didn't really mention that mm-hmm. um, at that, that last episode. But no, I think we see him um, just just right. In, I want to say it's the first couple episodes, maybe the first few or something. Makes and sense then that's since it. they're in yeah. in the past Earth. We we definitely don't see um, like uh, reptilians anymore or anything like that. Um, maybe uh, maybe it's like a nightmare or something. But you know, there's not really they don't really address any of this stuff anymore. We get that one episode that I always kind of think of like Enterprise's version of Family, but the one where the other you know Enterprise sister ship you know they're kind of recovering everything. You know that that was one of the cool things in that last episode when they when they go to uh, stop the spheres 
you get that close up like of the Enterprise's hole, and that's the ship is just banged to hell. Yeah, it's just ripped you know? up to pieces. Yeah. And so it needed the aquatics. They needed the aquatics to get them back or something. But anyway, um, yes, I think more than anything, this season just makes me um, excited to watch uh, uh, season four. Except um, for the first two episodes, it. right? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. But I remember it as being by far my favorite season. I remember it as being the, sh- the show that I wish the whole show had been. I remember it as having like even the stuff that isn't like the two or three episode uh, story arcs that we tend to remember season four, 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 four. Even without that, like my, I, I remember, and maybe I'll feel differently now, but my memory is that my favorite episode of this entire series is Observer Effect, which is like a one-off for season in season four. They have a mirror episode in this season, season two. I'm yeah, near the end, one, so. they got yeah. the inner mirror darkly, which everybody loves. Boy, Hoshi was hot in that one. Yeah. Sorry. Um, um, okay. So, yeah. I wanted to say Good really fast, ahead. by the way. Yeah. Really fast. I did rewatch uh, the two J.J. Star Trek movies, Star Trek and Star Trek Into Darkness, because I wanted to watch both of them a couple of months before Bat- Beyond, Batman, <laughs> before Beyond came out. I don't. I didn't want to watch them right close to Beyond, because I want to be able to watch Beyond as a standalone and... and, and judge it for for its for what it is but i also wanted to rewatch them and i haven't watched into darkness i watched it you know a few times on screen and then right when the blu-ray came out but i haven't watched it since then so i haven't watched it in years now um and i and i, I wanted to bring it up specifically very very quick very quickly um you know when we when i first saw it i thought it was good it was good not as good as the previous one but good it's got a, got some problems there's some things that's that don't make sense but it's it's good um but it felt like over time, the more I thought about it in the last couple of years, every time I would think about it, I, like, I, I seemed to like it less. Like, you know, it was one mm-hmm. of those kind of things. Um, and it's a Star Trek movie, so I think about it more than a lot of other movies. But I would think about it, and, and the more I would think about it, the more I didn't like things. The more I didn't like the whole, you know, I complained about the John Harrison con bit. But, you know, when you think about it over the course of a couple of years, it just gets worse and worse and spiral spiral. <laughs> So rewatching it now, it's like, no, I mean, yes, that, that bit was dumb. It didn't need to be that at all. And, you know, there's lots of other things that aren't cool. But overall, I, it's a very entertaining movie. And, it's, and it works, you know. It's not broken. Well, yeah, um, my, my recollection of Into Darkness is it's, it's a very good movie, but it's a bad Star Trek movie. That, that's kind of a weird way to put it. I wouldn't even necessarily say it. that. I, I would just say that it's, it's the logical, you know, ex, uh, extension of what jj's first movie was it was that kind of on steroids and that's what you for better or worse that's almost what we expect out of sequels you know bigger better or whatever um so i I, especially as a movie that i watched back to back with the first jj movie I, i found it entirely satisfying and um and it kind of reset me to yeah this is good that i was when i first saw it (laughs) you know so, um, anyway, so it's got, yeah, so it's, I'm back to being, you know, I'm, I am excited about Beyond, although I did hear something about what happens near the beginning of the movie, which I wish I hadn't heard, but and I will not spoil it here, but it did make me go, God bless it. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyhow. What's it, what's um, it come out? What's the release date? July 22nd. July 22nd? Okay. Yeah. Yep. 
Okay, uh, we're gonna we're going way over here, but that usually happens on our final episodes for the season. Okay, uh, folks. So for Enterprise season four, we are going to be changing up a little bit our usual, you know, three episodes per discussion because so so we've made adjustments so that we don't break up any of the those you know those frequent two and three parters that season four has. We're trying not to break those up. So I'll try to mention it as we go, but if you're watching along with us, you know, like today, um, nope, nope, sorry, I should have done this before because this is bad radio. Okay, um, so our next episode, we are going to do three, Stormfronts 1 and 2 and Home. Um, and uh, we will just tell you as we go. But for now, our next episode will be the first three episodes of Enterprise's fourth season. So, very excited about that. Thank you all for spending an hour with us. You can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. Our Facebook page, facebook.com slash trekcompanion, which Adam promises to start posting more stuff on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so thanks again for spending an hour with us. Uh, Until next time, make the world a better place and take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya. I passed it.